welcome to the Nebraska Wedding Podcast. I am Kelly LaFleur, your host, and I am so excited for today's episode. Um, how's everyone's holiday weekend? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Hopefully you did. Uh, did anyone get engaged? Because Thanksgiving officially marks the beginning of engagement season. I'm so excited for today's episode. Uh, you guys get to hear from Teresa Farage, who is the venue coordinator at the Schooler Ballroom. And before we head into the episode, I just wanted to plug an event that the Schooler Ballroom is hosting and I am a part of. So on January 25th, uh, we are going to be doing the Engaged Brunch which is from 10 to noon on Saturday, January 25th, 2020. Um, and it is a interactive uh, bridal show, basically. So instead of just walking through a whole bunch of booths, getting a whole bunch of pamphlets and not really talking to people, uh, it's going to be a smaller experience. You actually get to talk to vendors, book them right there if you're ready to. Um, and then there are going to be panels where you can hear from wedding professionals and hopefully get all of your questions answered in one place. So it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be brunch from Attitude on Food and Catering Creations. Um, other vendors are going to be The Grove, Joe on the Go Coffee, Holly's Healthy Holes, uh, Whisk and Measure, myself and Dana Osborne Design are going to be doing a little Polaroid station where then you can put your cute little Polaroid into a frame with a wax seal. I'm so excited for a wax seal. Let's be real. Who doesn't love wax seals? And then Prim Beauty Parlor is going to be there with a Lash and Braid Bar. Special event DJ is going to be there for music and photo booth. There's going to be a fitness club there doing mini yoga sessions, ballroom dancing, build your own mini bouquet. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So it is going to be very exciting. Tickets are $15. And I will be giving away a pair of tickets later this week. So make sure that you check out all of our social medias, Work films as well as the Nebraska Wedding Podcast. Um, so yeah, at, oh, it starts at 10 a.m. There's going to be panels at 10:30 and 11:30, and there are not very many tickets left. So you're going to want to make sure that you get your ticket today. Hi guys, we're here today with Teresa Farage from the Schooler Ballroom, and thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to finally get to talk to some venue people. <laughs> it is a whole other world, definitely. Awesome. Okay. So tell us a little bit about you, yourself, who you are, and your history with the ballroom. Yeah. Well, I'm Teresa Farage with the Schooler Ballroom. I've been there for the last six and a half years. Um, they've definitely flown by. Um, prior to being at the ballroom, I used to work um, as a freelance writer, and I wrote for Wedding Essentials um, here in Omaha. I also did a couple other publications. Um, and I definitely have some experience in public relations and marketing. and um, But events were something that I was always passionate about. So it kind of led me to the career that I'm in now. Yes. And at Schooler, tell us a little bit about your position and what you do and everything like that. Yeah. So I am considered the ballroom event specialist. And basically, my job is to oversee all of the events um, that occur in the ballroom, from weddings to galas to corporate functions. Um, I help with all the coordinating. Um, I do all the marketing around it. So I get to do a lot of different things in my day, and no two days are ever alike. <laughs> I love it. I think that's what's so fun about events is just you never do the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> Every day is a new surprise. Yes, <laughs> totally. Awesome. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about 
like the history of the ballroom because it's a historical building. It is. Yeah. So the ballroom actually has been around since 1927 and it was actually the headquarters for the Knights of Columbus. It was their community center. Um, hence why we have a fitness center in our basement um, and then the ballroom. Um, but back in the day, it used to have like dormitory style, like hotel rooms for people that were coming um, into Omaha. They had different offices. Um, and then during uh, the World War II era, it actually became one of America's largest uh, American Legion posts. Um, so that was kind of a cool thing. Um, and then it had Omaha's largest bar and restaurant at that time. So, um, and then after that, uh, it just kind of went through a couple different um, companies. And then the Schuller Company um, purchased the property um, in the 80s. And it's had the the ballroom's always been the ballroom. So nothing has ever changed with that. Um, So it's kind of a unique, uh, you know, piece of history that it kind of has remained the same. Very with a cool. few minor updates. <laughs> Making it, bringing it into the 21st bringing century. In, yes, exactly. <laughs> Keeping it safe. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think that's so cool that, I mean, Omaha has so much history. And I think that's probably one of the big key factors of why people choose the ballroom. Oh, definitely. Well. Yeah. I mean, you know, not to discount or discredit any other venues in town, but like, you know, when you've been around since like, the 20s, and you've kind of preserved that historical aspect of your building. Um, I think it's definitely a draw for people. And, and like the ballroom is just very like, I mean, I don't say it's plain, but it kind of suits a lot of different like aesthetics. You know, you want to go more vintage, you know, we could do a contemporary feel. Um, There's just, you know, endless possibilities with it. Yeah. Awesome. And for those people who don't know where the school ballroom is located... Yes, we are on 2027 Dodge Street, so it's directly south of Central High School, Caddy Corner to the Jocelyn, um, right off Dodge Street. Okay, in the heart of it all. Yes. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit west of downtown, so yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about like you and what would what are three things that like clients wouldn't know about you? Yeah. So honestly, before I started working at the Schooler Ballroom, um, my only experience um, in the event industry was I had an internship for like three months in the summer at the Jocelyn Art Museum when I was in college. Um, so, But I really didn't do a whole lot of the planning aspect. I was more just kind of like, I guess, facility, like kind of like just making sure things were going well during the event. Um, so and I also planned two charity events. But outside of that, I had no event planning experience and definitely no wedding planning experience. Um, so I think that kind of comes to a shock that I started in this industry uh, solely just kind of like with minimal experience. <laughs> but um, you definitely learn a lot along the way. And I think that's kind of a surprise people. Um, and I've also never been married or planned my own wedding, but I have planned my sister's wedding. So there comes a professional experience, I guess. Um, and then also another thing people went necessarily know about me is I have a dairy allergy. So I cannot eat most wedding cakes. Like people always offer me try this wedding cake. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, I cannot. It's kind of a blessing. It's kind of a curse. But and I love wedding cakes, but I just cannot partake in eating them um, unless they come from certain bakeries. But yeah. And then another thing people wouldn't necessarily know about me. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think like, um, 
Well, I guess one thing I have done, I've attended a lot of different weddings across the country, which has given me a, a different perspective on just how weddings operate. Um, so I've been to like weddings at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Um, I've been to weddings at the Breakers in Palm Beach. And these are pretty high end places. So it's kind of fun to be a guest and kind of go through that experience um, as what a guest would go through at a venue. Um, and it's definitely like a luxury venue. So it's kind of a cool experience. Very cool. Oh, man. I know. I just I think it's so different being a guest and going through the experience and it helps make you as like a, you know, event coordinator just help your couples look at the guest experience too. Yeah, that's definitely important. Um, Like not having been through this process myself, like it's nice to kind of like put yourself in um, the brides and grooms position because there's a lot of stress that goes behind planning a wedding. And, you know, I can be like empathetic towards that because like, you know, planning my sister's wedding, we went through a bunch of different things and I'm like, oh, this is how the other side feels. Um, So I think that gives you a really good um, perspective. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. So in your six years at the ballroom, I'm sure you've had a lot of experiences. (laughs) One thing that I always like to ask people is kind of like, mistakes or hiccups along the way that have helped you turn into the expert that you are that you've learned from? Are there any things that you can think of? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely learned to be more of an active listener. Um, There, you know, there's been situations where it's like, you know, you think you hear what someone's saying and like, you know, it's interpreted differently, I guess. So um, for instance, we had someone that wanted to use um, our cake knife, you know, the caterer's cake knife to cut the cake. And I said, that would be no problem. Um, I did not ask enough questions and they ended up needing something more of like a ceremonial knife to cut the cake. Um, and it caused just a sword, a sword, a sword. (laughs) Yes. I did not know a knife equaled a sword. Um, but what happened was like, just something got lost in the translation and it was a cultural thing. And I've definitely learned to um, kind of like learn more about the different cultures um, and how they, you know, do weddings. Um, So I don't want to make that mistake again, um, because I know that's a very important aspect of someone's event and you don't want to um, go into it without knowing all of the details. So I would say something like that is just being more of an active listener Um, I think also like I've learned to deal with the multitude of personalities, um, you know, and the client will always come to me and and they know, they think that they know like, you know, how a wedding works, you know, and I have no experience, even though I've planned probably like over 350 of these in my career. Um, But they always come to me with like, well, this idea will work. And sometimes like, you know, I just let people go with it because it's like you get to a certain point. It's like, okay, if this is what you want, we're going to go ahead and execute it. Um, I try to give them my best judgment on how it will turn out. Um, but there's still times where, you know, the client just wants what they want. And I guess I've just learned over the years to kind of help guide them as opposed to just telling them that this is how it should be. Um, and then letting them make the executive decision. So yeah. it's a challenge because like, you know, in your heart that like this probably won't be the best outcome, but if they're so dead set on it, it's like, you also don't want to burst somebody's bubble. So I just try to make it work as best as, I, as possible. Yes, totally. It's that fine line between like rules and regulations and you wanting the best for them, but then also it's their wedding. It is. So yeah. like, where does the line, you know, where does it's, the it's line a line, you know, you definitely don't want to like overstep your boundaries as like a venue coordinator, but you also have seen how different things work in your venue. So you want to educate them on what will be the best outcome. Yes. So it's a fine line. It, it just you just have to learn how to 
kind of navigate that, I guess. Totally. Um, and then I guess like, you know, another thing that I've kind of picked up on, um, not every day, like people are going to be bringing me the sunshine. <laughs> There's definitely, you know, and I thought going into this industry, like every day was going to be happy. We're dealing with love and weddings and, you know, just all this like fun stuff. And there definitely are days where it's just like, wow, like, you know, there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of stress, you know, things like that. And it, it you know, can be kind of challenging as a coordinator to kind of handle all of that. Um, and also getting like blamed for things like the weather. Because <laughs> like there's definitely days where it's like people put a lot of blame and a lot of pressure on the person who's coordinating. Um, and like, for instance, I had a bride who got mad at me because it rained on her wedding day. And I was like, well, I did not make the rain. Wish I had that power. But um it was because like I didn't have her particular date available at the venue. So I suggested another date and that date happened to be a day where it was raining all day. It's just like, you just have to learn to take a step back and, you know, and this is where like I, you know, mentioned like just being empathetic towards like the brides and grooms. Like, and I understand the stress that goes behind their day and how everything, you know, society creates something like you want everything to be perfect. Um, and there's a lot of pressure with like Pinterest and just like viewing other people's blogs and comparing yourself to others and other weddings that they come to me with all of that pressure and they put that on me to execute that for them. So I think that's kind of helped me throughout my career just kind of learn how to help them navigate that and and kind of bring them back down to more realistic expectations. Totally. So uh, with all of that experience with weddings and seeing things that go through your venue, like what what would you say makes the schooler um, different than a lot of other places? Like, why do you see couples booking with you guys for their wedding? Yeah. I mean, you know, the uniqueness of the property in and of itself, like the ballroom and the historical aspect of it. And I think there's also like, you know, we take great pride in working with all of our clients. Like we want you to have the best possible wedding reception that you can have um, or a ceremony if you choose to do that as well. And like, we're so invested in like, wanting you to be happy um, because you should be, it's your day, you know? And then I work with a great team from like my security guard to the event assistant and everyone that we, you know, work with our catering, um, catering partners. And I think that we are all like one unit and that shows. And we, like, we have like a lot of, you know, um, pride in taking care of you. So when we work together as a team, it's just for, you know, from our clients to be happy. So I think that's kind of why, why we differentiates ourselves, like the uniqueness of the property. And then also just the personal touches that we do to help our brides and grooms. Awesome. 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 If you had to think like off the top of your head, what would be like one of your top five weddings that you've seen at the venue? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I know. I'm sure you've had like hundreds of great ones, but some that just like stick out right away. You know, I think for me, um, probably the one I'll remember like the most, um, we had like a wedding where well, actually it was a rehearsal dinner. Um, and this is just, this is a fun one that I'm gonna talk about, but um, it was a total unique theme and it was a surprise to the couple. They had no idea. They thought they were going in for a simple dinner and then it ended up being like this huge extravagant production. Um, we had a magician that levitated people. We had clowns on stilts. I mean, they went for a whole like circus carnival theme. And I think that that was such a unique thing just to see the bride and groom's expression when they walked in and like how they were in complete shock. Um, and all the guests as well. Like They were just like not expecting that. And I love the unexpected. Like I love a good surprise. And I think for me that was super memorable because I just liked seeing people's reactions. And then I think um, 
another one, like, I mean, I, I do think that people like when they have a story, like it's just really cool to like be a part of that. And um, I actually have a wedding um, coming up where um, they got engaged in the ballroom. And so it was really neat to be a part of this engagement. Um, the groom actually, um, he serves, I think, in the Air Force. And he um, planned this whole thing while he was overseas. And then he contacted me about coming into the ballroom. And again, another surprise, he sent his bride to be on um, a little goose chase to try to like figure out the clues. And she came into the ballroom not knowing what to expect. And he actually wrote her a song. It was very like, just, I mean, I kind of like had some tears. I'm like, this is just super romantic and people just don't do this anymore. Um, and then they ended up um, booking the ballroom for their upcoming wedding. And so it's like really cool to be able to work with this couple from the moment that they got engaged to the moment they're going to say, I do. Um, so that for me is like just being part of someone's life is super memorable. And, you know, I can't think of anything else like better than that. Yeah. That is such a cute story. Yeah, it's really cute. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so as, like, you kind of mentioned uh, just a little bit ago, Pinterest. Mm-hmm. So, like, with the last six years, I feel like there has been a rise of, like, social media and Instagram's definitely gotten bigger in the last six years. I'm like, I got married seven years ago, and there was definitely Pinterest, but I don't feel like there was as much of, like, the comparison game. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you feel like... Are you? I mean, what are your thoughts on Pinterest as a venue coordinator? Oh yeah, Pinterest. Um, well, I mean, I think it's a great tool to use to generate ideas if you go into it with realistic expectations. Because a lot of stuff you see on Pinterest, they probably have an endless budget, um, and it's definitely something that probably doesn't fit into the average bride and groom's budget. So I'm fine with you getting ideas because I'd rather have you come with some kind of a visual because it's going to help you with your whole like wedding theme, you know? Um, But I think like people can go overboard on that. And it's like, you know, you don't have to have the sun, the moon and the stars, like make the wedding your own and make it unique. Um, And then there's definitely certain limitations within a certain like venue that you cannot execute everything that you see on Pinterest. Um, And that is just something that you're going to have to understand going into it. Like if you have a vision, find ways that you can make it happen um, that doesn't break the bank and then also works with the venue that you're having your event in. Um, So I'm not against it. I just think that you have to use it with caution. Definitely. Awesome. And so kind of for our like main discussion, I had sent you a couple questions just asking like, I feel like a lot of times when couples are planning their wedding, um, they either expect us to give them all the information that they need um, or they just assume things. And mm-hmm. so I was wondering like for you, what are some things that you wish couples were asking you when they are touring or inquiring about the space? Well, first and foremost, like guest count. Nobody ever like they don't even like consider like who they're going to be inviting before they start taking tours. And that's kind of problematic because like you don't want to go on a tour at a place that only fits 250 when realistically you're inviting 400. And, you know, I used to tell people that, okay, a third will not come. So you can kind of base it on that. I've been burned a few times, so I'm not telling people that anymore. Um, And I think you need to select a venue after you've gone through your guest list and, like, figured out who's coming and, you know, who would definitely not be showing up. Because there's people that you know aren't going to come, but you have to include them anyway. Um, So once you kind of have more of a concrete number, then start scheduling your tours. 
That way you're not going to be disappointed or in for a shock or have to deal with something like later on in the game where you're like not prepared for because like, oh, you have a venue for 250, but here come 300 people in your venue Um, because it's really difficult to accommodate that. And there's also different codes and violations that the venue cannot do. So um, I think that's just something you need to do is come in with your guest count and then um, ask tough questions. Like don't just take a tour and look at the beauty of the venue. Um, Know what the policies are. Um, so that also doesn't come to a shock, you know, can you have animals? Can you have glitter? I mean, there's things like that you don't even think of. Um, I'm pretty thorough in my rental packet and it's grown over the years just from experiences, but I think you definitely need to come prepared with a list of tough questions and they may not know what questions to ask. Um, but just kind of, if you don't know, like just be a generic and just keep it broad and be like, what are your policies? Like, what can I do? What can I not do? Um, do you have catering requirements? Um, you know, am I allowed to bring in outside food and beverage? All of this stuff that, you know, you may not have at the forefront because you're, you've never planned an event before. But come prepared with those questions. Um, and also like time limit, like how much time you get at a certain venue. Don't assume you have it for the entire day. Um, so there's things like that. So also another thing that you should probably um, consider is like what the venue coordinator's role is. Don't assume that they're going to be your personal wedding planner or day of coordinator or the cleanup crew. Um, You need to kind of discuss that with the coordinator to see like what they do for you um, and kind of like where the limits are. Um, At the ballroom, we definitely help like organize all your vendor arrivals. We'll help, you know, coordinate your timeline. Um, But there's definitely things that a wedding planner um, should be hired for. And that's more of like the complete day coordination, um, working with you from start to finish. Um, and then sometimes the day of coordinators, they're there to help like set up, clean up, do things like that. Um, so just make sure you know the role of the venue coordinator that you're working with. Yeah, definitely. Oh my goodness. Cause I think, oh, so often I'm sure people are just like, oh, well, you're a wedding planner, right? Like, (laughs) You're just going to do everything for me, right? Like you, you have the cleanup crew. You have all of all of the things to I mean, supply. And I've definitely had people just drop off like tubs of like votives and decor and like no instructions. And they're just like, decorate for me. And I'm like, well, I don't know how you want this decorated. And like sometimes um, throughout the scope of my day, it just doesn't fit into my time um, as much as I would love to help. And I've folded napkins for people and I've done things like that. But you definitely want to come into it prepared and have a coordinator. There's, a, you know, amazing coordinators out there and wedding planners. Um, utilize them because they're a big help to you. Totally. Well, and I thought it was so interesting, the thing that you first mentioned about guest count, because I have been hearing more and more from planners of kind of like the order that people should go about kind of booking things. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people get engaged and they're immediately like date and venue. Like those yeah. are the two things that we need to decide. And um, I hear more and more that venue should actually be further down on the list because of your guest count and different things like that, Um, which then also makes it difficult with the date Mm -hmm. because if you are like super set on a date, but you have no location to have your wedding, like it's kind of a catch 22. And so it's just it's hard because some people say like book your like fixed cost vendors first Mm -hmm. where it's like. Your photographer, your videographer, your DJ, people whose cost is going to be the same regardless of if you invite 10 people or if you invite 450 True. people. And then, like, I feel like venue almost falls into that category with catering and everything oh, yeah, like definitely. that where it's mm-hmm. dependent on guest count. 
Yeah, I think that people are in such a rush sometimes when they get engaged that first and foremost, they don't in- enjoy the engagement process. Like yes. they just kind of like r- jump in and start running like, you know, towards like, I got to do this. I got to do that. Um, and I feel like that's pressure from family and friends. It too. is. Because yeah. I'm like, I know that like whenever someone gets engaged, what are you going to ask them? When are you oh, married? how did you get, yeah. you know, how was the engagement? It's always like, oh, what's the date? Yep. Yep. So people like they're in a, such a rush to, you know, get the, all of that accomplished. Um and I think sometimes I tell people, just take a step back and just enjoy actually being engaged. And then, you know, after you've like kind of had that enjoyment, just talk about like some of the things that like you mentioned, like the guest count, like, you know, because that's very important. And that will be a determining factor in what venue you can book. Yes. Um, and so, yeah. And like I would, you know, you can definitely do the fixed cost stuff first, like the DJ, photographer, videographer, because that's important. And those tend to book up really quickly. Um, and venues book up as well. But you should definitely wait and take a tour um, until you have guest count and your budget in mind. Mm-hmm. Because if, you know, you start allocating your budget to more like, you know, flowers or video or, or you know, your dress, whatever is like what you feel is most important. Sometimes like, you know, certain venues just don't make the cut then. And um, I'd rather have people tour that understand like their full budget and their full like, you know, overall guest count before they commit to something. Totally. Well, and I feel like it also ultimately would save the couple time because like touring venues is no joke it's like (laughs) full-time it's another full-time job because you do want to be able to go to the space and talk with the coordinator and everything like that and that's super important but by just figuring out your budget and your guest count you can take a lot of places off your list yeah and like and then you know there's definitely people that tour that you know maybe my venue doesn't fit within their budget but they, they fall in love with it. They love it. And they just are like, you know what? I can spend less on X, Y, Z because right. I want to make this venue work. And that's happened before too. Um, so that's why I think, you know, it's just important to kind of just know a little bit of what you're working with. So totally. you can kind of just shift things around. Um, yeah, because it is, it's a lot of time to go around and tour these venues and kind of just do your own comparison. Um, so I think just definitely just knowing those two things will really help you make your decision. Yeah, Definitely. Okay, and then before we wrap up, just a little bit more details about Schooler and like what you guys offer. So with the ballroom, I mean, a lot of people are going to be asking like caterers, do you have chairs and tables mm-hmm. and all those fun things? <laughs> so give our listeners a little bit of like a synopsis, a summary of what you guys have to offer. Yeah. So um, when you rent the ballroom, it does come with tables and chairs. We have the black Shivari chairs, which are really nice. Shivari um, chairs. I know, Shivari. Uh, it's fun to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then we also include security as well as an event assistant on site. We have custom uplighting in a variety of colors. So that's totally fun to kind of change the whole, like, you know, aesthetic of the ballroom and customize it. Um, we also kind of include kind of like I mentioned, just like the coordinating ahead of time. So like I can work with couples on like figuring out their timeline, um, determining like, you know, some vendors if they're like unfamiliar with vendors in the, in the Omaha community. Um, they have unlimited planning meetings with me. They can call me as many times as they would like. And some do call me like every day, which is fine. I don't mind. Um, I'm here to help. So um, we do include that. Um, and then we also have two bridal suites that are available that have private restrooms, which are really nice. Um, and then we have an atrium space where you could do like a cocktail reception. And then we have a separate banquet room, which is could be used for extra seating. Um, it also could be used for your buffet setup or a bar area. 
Um, and then we also have a really nice stage area that people, you know, usually put their head table on or if they have a band, bands love to be up there on the stage. So that is all um, included in the rental of the ballroom. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So what kind of spaces do you see the couples using when they have their ceremony there as well? Well, we do ceremonies and receptions in the same space. So okay. all in the ballroom and we don't do like complete room transitions because we want you to be able to get right into your reception without any wasted time in between. So basically people will get married up on the stage. So they're elevated and everyone can see them. And then the guests will sit at their, their round tables um, and we'll create like a nice aisle for you. Um, we'll put some chairs on the dance floor. So like family can sit closer to, you know, see you guys get married. Um, so that's kind of like what, how we do that. And then we don't waste time with that two or three hour room transition, which it would normally take. Cool. Awesome. Um, and then I know you had mentioned like food and beverage and all those kinds of oh, yes. things. We do work exclusively with two different caterers. So we have um, Catering Creations and Attitude on Food. Um, and both provide the food and beverage for all the events in the ballroom. So people do have a choice between them. Um, we do allow like outside vendors for cakes and desserts as long as it's coming from a, like a licensed restaurant or bakery. Um, so that is an option, but yeah, we, both of our caterers are fabulous to work with. They are so accommodating if you have food allergies or dietary preferences, they, they definitely want you and your guests to enjoy the day and be able to enjoy all the food as well. Awesome. That all sounds great. I know everyone always probably like wants to hear the horror stories. So give us <laughs> dun, like dun, dun, one dun. good, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this actually happened. Oh gosh. Just one. Just Just, kidding. just one. Oh, I'll probably get in trouble for this, but <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to name names. <laughs> oh, well, like, we'll give you two then. We'll okay. Say, yeah. So I don't Perfect. single anybody out. Perfect. Um, we had um, an event where not everyone was able to be fed because there was just certain people that were going to be fed on the menu. Um, and that just kind of created a little bit of chaos and confusion. Um, so I always encourage people, if you're going to invite people and, and feed everyone, please feed them all, you know? Um, so that kind of was a sticky situation. And then I also had someone's ex show up once. <laughs> that was not a good situation. Um, and I've had people like punch out our windows in the front with their hands just because of just various, yeah, issues occurring. I've had, um, people, a groom face plant after he got off the um, party bus, which I always say, please do not drink more than two to three drinks on a party bus before you come to a wedding because you want to remember your entrance. Um, so I would say definitely that was kind of a shocking experience. And then we had an event. Confetti is not allowed, by the way, at our venue. Um, but we had an event where they snuck in a bunch of confetti cannons and they let them all go off at the same time. And it was basically Times Square, New Year's Eve in my ballroom. Um, and that was several years ago. Until this day, there's still pieces of confetti that fall. Um, and I had to actually have my security guard mid-event take his leaf blower and blow all the confetti up to our dance floor because there was just so much confetti and it was becoming a tripping hazard. Um, so there's things like that. You're just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. Um, and then we've had... Um, best mans or whatever, like best men or whatever. Um, they, we had one in particular where he was channeling, um, that guy from the hangover and he stole the microphone. It was running around the room, just talking some strange things and actually had to have my security guard tackle him. <laughs> so there's just things like that. You're like, Oh, I didn't think I was going to expect that when I came into work today, but 
always expect the unexpected. Oh my goodness. And I'm really so good at putting true. cakes back together because sometimes they they fall apart and like I'm really good at refrosting. Yeah, a skill I've acquired throughout the years. Oh so. my gosh. Yeah. A necessary skill. Yeah. So there's just things that you go to work and you're like, I don't I didn't know that was going to happen, but that's what makes this job so interesting and like no two days are alike and I think that's why I keep doing what I do. Nice. Mhm. That's awesome. Cool. Well, tell everyone where we can find you guys online. Yes, we are online, um, schoolerballroom.com. We're and spell also, schooler. Yes, I know. <laughs> S-C-O-U-L-A-R ballroom.com. We're also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, and our Instagram is the schooler ballroom. And our Twitter is at schooler ballroom. And I post a lot of um, event photos to Instagram and Twitter. So I definitely encourage people to check that out. It's always fun to see how people um, interpret the space and kind of make it their own. Um, so that's, yeah, find us there. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming. And I also wanted to put a shameless plug out there that we're going to be having. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, oh yes. Okay. So (laughs) is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Well, um, the schooler ballroom is going to be partnering with catering creations and attitude on food and a bunch of other fabulous, fabulous wedding vendors, um, in Omaha to put on an interactive, um, brunch. And it's going to be an event unlike anything that Omaha has ever seen. Um, I can't give out too many details yet, but more information will be available online. Um, so be checking our Instagram and our Twitter for additional information. Um, but it's called the Engaged Brunch. And it's just going to be something you're not going to want to miss January 25th, 2020. So save the date. Fantastic. Yes, save the date. We are so excited about that. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. It's a lot of fun. 